0: Conversations about yesterday's animation animations, animations. Past, Saturday morning Day's Cartoon past, Theater. Days Past
1: Tooncast! Days Past Tooncast. Tooncast. Tooncast!
0: Hello and welcome to the Days Past Tooncast. My name is Will. My name is Travis. And on this podcast, we have adult conversations about yesterday's... Animations. I'm sorry I stole the yesterdays from you, Travis. You've, you've earned that yesterdays over years of podcasting. I have,
2: yeah. It's like five years I've, I've had that yesterdays in my possession. I apologize. And please, if you'll give it to me clean right here, right now. Yesterdays animations. That's
0: what we're talking about today. We're having adult conversations about them. If you are uh, still hanging out from last episode, My Little Pony, you might want to clear the area. <laughs> Because it's going to get dirty, grimy. We're talking about guns. We're talking about boobs. We're talking about cuss words. I mean, the 13-year-old boy in me is just having a field day. Uh Has been for the past month, I guess, that you and I, Travis, have been researching the cartoon we're talking about today. I'll admit that I overdid it.
2: I 100% overdid
0: it. I'm not even that ashamed to admit it. Between the two of us, we've watched an entire season plus of a cartoon. We've watched a movie based on the comic book that the cartoon is based on. Uh We've watched hours of YouTube videos that are sometimes barely related to the subject (laughs) that we're covering today. I had to get three gallons of necroplasm. pumped out of my tummy, Uh okay? I overdid it on this one. We're talking about Spawn, the most 90s superhero, (laughs) anti-hero superhero that has ever existed. Adult conversations, yeah. Very adult. Very mature conversations about Spawn. Todd McFarlane's Spawn.
2: HBO presents Todd McFarlane's Spawn.
0: Who is Todd McFarlane? Who is Spawn? HBO, if you need me to answer that one, well, you got bigger problems. (laughs) We will get to
2: Todd, but Travis, you were aware of Spawn before we started in on this cartoon. Yes, sir, I was. This was all in my life back in 97 when the movie dropped and in the soundtrack. And we were sampling the
0: soundtrack Uh just now, and it featured team-ups of
2: metal bands or aggressive rock
0: bands. (laughs) The aggressive rock bands of 90s youth.
2: With electronic Yeah, man, this, 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 this spoke to me as a 13-year-old. This had all my angst written all over it, but I never read any of the comics leading up to it. I just, you know, I just watched the movie and, well, and indulged. The, and the comic and the
0: show, uh, as we found out, everything about this character, Spawn, is pretty much tailor-made for the, I'll say it again, 13-year-old boy... <laughs> New metal brooding experience, like everything yeah. about this character concept from the visuals. Monsters with guns. Monsters with guns that were screwed over both by the devil and the government. Oh, and yeah. he's pissed. Thanks, and baby. Let's let's break down what this character is because yeah. you may have seen Spawn around. Um, if you've seen <laughs> you know, at the yeah, store, yeah, down on the street, like he's probably walking <laughs> the dog a couple times a day. Look, we're we're covering so much today. The short version of Spawn, Batman. Uh huh. Plus. Venom, yep. basically Spider-Man in a black costume with the big white eyes and some other markings. And some chains. He's got the chains. He's got a giant red cape that's very gothic looking, so a little bit of Batman there, times hell. He's got a demonic power behind him, which is probably the part that pushes it over the edge into, like, (laughs) gnarly, bro! Like, that's (laughs) the part that really makes him cool. Yeah, hell is cool. I told some kids at school... We live in Texas. Uh I was in Dallas at the time. I still am. Uh, I was in sixth or seventh grade, and I told some kids that I worshipped the devil.
2: (laughs) That'll land you right. Yeah, right in texas in general in the office
0: you're not gonna make friends that way Mm-mm. it was also i mean the the satanic panic was still basically going on and we were kind of the edge of that uh-huh. this time so but i didn't get <laughs> not, in trouble far removed, yep. i feel like i probably told him at the skating rink i mean it wasn't even school grounds uh-huh. and not that you know frankly my religious affiliation is not the business of the school maybe <laughs> maybe i come from a long line of, of satan
2: worshipers yeah that's but your business
0: i woke up on a saturday morning i walk into my mom's bedroom say hi she says hey will Uh, Let me talk to you for a second. (laughs) And she got a call from this kid who I told this to. His dad called my mom to tell her, I'm sorry to inform you that it's come to my attention that your son is a devil worshiper. (laughs) And my parents are not religious in the least. So she thought it was funny, honestly. Uh But she was like, hey, well, if you're going to go around telling people that and have long hair, like you're going to get some pushback on that. So just a warning from your dear old mom, by the way, do you worship Satan? Just out of curiosity. I'm like, no, it's just, you know, Satan is cool. We all know this. And and he was and continues to be to this day. That's the truth. So the spawn is venom plus a cape. Batman brooding, all the goodness. Okay, but the long version will tell you why. Because uh-huh. this man has uh, this, this superhero has a a complicated story. He's a complicated man, and nobody understands him. Not even his woman. Yeah, yeah. At this point, <laughs> when he comes back to life, so let's walk through Spawn's origin. A man named Al Simmons, mm-hmm. the man who became Spawn, the would-be Spawn. He was an officer in the Marines who became a Secret Service agent, who then joined the CIA. And I don't I don't know if that's a realistic career trajectory Uh like that seems like a lot of that's a whole lifetime of achievements right there. He but he still seems to be a man in his 30s to maybe his 40s. He becomes a secret assassin, like an in a subset of the CIA. But at the same time, he's a loving husband to his wife, Wanda. Somehow manages to spend plenty of time with her, despite the fact that he's constantly overseas killing people for the U.S. government. (laughs) Yeah, and and he has a new job every three minutes. And he even seemed to have a conscience, Al Simmons. He started to not like some of the shit that his boss had him doing. And this gets him killed. His boss says, oh, you don't like killing anymore? Well, you're not going to like this last kill. It's you. You're dead. (laughs) And upon dying, Al Simmons... Does not ascend to the pearly gates. He goes straight down. Descends. Into hell. (laughs) He goes to hell and he meets a non-Satan named Malbolgia, which really just sounds like dick pills to me. Uh. Like, I mean, like... (laughs) It looks like blood pressure, blood, blood pressure like, medication. Yeah, right. It looks like the words male bulge uh, on, when you write it down. So Malbolgia, <laughs> uh, it's Malbolgia is just a stand in for Satan here. They, I don't know. If Satan is too easy to say. <laughs> I don't know. Just think of it this way, he, Al Simmons makes a deal with the devil that he will come back to earth and see his wife again, and then he will do whatever Malbolgia wants. What is it that Malbolgia wants? <laughs> well, he doesn't spell it out for Mr. Simmons. But he turns him into a hell spawn, which is a particular kind of superpowered, undead human. Uh, in this case, Al comes back to Earth looking like a uh, brisket. <laughs> like he looks like a, a man shaped from brisket, yep. wearing this venom like costume. And he has demonic superpowers powered by a substance called necroplasm, which is a green goo. Uh-huh. Like if you, uh, I, I feel like there was some. I don't know if it was Ghostbusters themed or if there was some pie when we were kids, like some dessert that you could buy at 7 Eleven or something that was a fried pie with like neon green goo in it. And I, I, maybe I'm just imagining Man, this.
2: This, this, this sounds familiar. Doesn't it sound right? <laughs> Guys, does. let us know if uh, I, I, I feel like there were a couple of, uh, there were a couple of items like this. He's, <laughs> He is one of these pies (laughs) filled up
0: with the goo Uh inside because the necroplasm, if you shoot him, if you cut his head off, it doesn't really matter. He's just full of that goo and he's going to be just fine. (laughs) And he can fly around and he can make his chains lift up and do things. And his cape is alive and all. I mean, his powers are not particularly well defined. Right. But he definitely has powers. The problem with these powers, something that is not explained in the first season of the cartoon and that he has to find out, Devil didn't tell him. Is that he has a limited supply of necroplasm inside of his body. That when he uses it up from using his powers, he will be sent back to hell, at which point he will be forced to lead hell's army uh-huh. into the apocalypse <laughs> to fight heaven and take over the earth. Uh. None of that's spelled out for him when he signs on to this deal. Like that's get your lawyer that's to look fi- over that. That's the fine print right there. That's some, yeah, that's like tiny microscopic print. Cause man, I would have to reconsider or ask for a. <laughs> get an arbiter of some kind uh luckily he's still plenty comfy with guns 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 because i mean you don't go from being an officer a commissioned officer in yeah. the marines to being a secret service agent to being a cia man to being an even more secret killer without knowing your way around your guns. a trigger yeah so you end up with a character that looks like black costume spider-man or venom with a red batman cape on top of a church, brooding with a giant gun in his hand. and that, my friends, is what the '90s looked like. Don't let anybody tell you different. Every like CNN, like the '90s, what happened in the '90s? If they don't show you a picture of Spawn, you're not getting the whole picture. There's more to this story. And, and that's it right there. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm a comic book guy, and I was reading comics at the time. I owned a few issues of Spawn, but not very many. They felt dirty. It was clearly satanic, you know, and as cool as I thought Satan was, I was kind of afraid of him. But it also just seemed like trashy and like you could just feel that it was it was the kid in your elementary school that if they invited you to their house, you made up a reason not to go because you were a little scared. Uh-huh. That was the Spawn comic to me. So I, I looked at them and everybody was into them. But I was a Marvel guy. I was a DC yeah. guy. And then these cheap, trashy thrills that were coming from Spawn just were threatening to me. And I saw the movie in the theater. We're going to get to the movie later because it's less important, the cartoon, because uh, Days Past Tooncast, on Days yep. Past Moviecast. Uh-huh. But we did watch it. And it's part of our heritage, and it's we got to talk about it. <laughs> it's in our bloodline. It's in my bloodline. I, I, it is part of that bloodline where you're like, I, I wish my ancestor hadn't done this, uh-huh. but <laughs> this is who I am.
2: A little shameful, but it is what it is.
0: I even knew then it wasn't good. It was just cool to have a comic book movie because we didn't have a lot of them at the time. You're right. The cartoon overall, this HBO cartoon, Todd McFarlane's Spawn, before we start getting into the- Nitty-gritty the details. Nitty, the real nitty-gritty of it and where it came from, it was- Actually, better than I thought it would be. It was surprisingly tightly plotted. Uh huh. There was more plot to it than I thought there would have been. I kind of just expected necroplasm fights left and right. Right. <laughs> uh, a surprising amount of just talking about secret files. <laughs> a for lot, a right? A lot of that for a cartoon about a superhero with devil powers. A lot of phone calls. Lots of phone calls. Lots of phone and calls. And those are easier to animate than fights. So. <laughs> there's something to think out there. <laughs> yep. Um but there's a whole like season long arc for the six episodes that we watched of the first season and it does all tie up at the end. It's Pretty impressive, it was a nice it, little spawn bow. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed. I ended up watching it twice uh, for That's for reasons. That's about of To this, ask
2: you, yeah, I was about to ask you. Yeah, for
0: the purposes of the show, so you guys are welcome. I do say go watch it. I do say go watch it. No,
2: it's a good watch. Yeah. I, I wanted to keep going, um, but you know, you you told me. I said stop it, <laughs> stop it. I said Travis, You've we're done all enough. getting worried about you. Uh huh. Yeah. Yep. Focus on season one. Um, but it was
0: also I was also kind of bored by it because it was a lot of phone calls and a lot of t- just conversations, which in animation. I don't know. I just kind of need something to explode or like a monster to jump into the room or something to yeah. break
2: this up a little more. Now listen, the first what, the
0: first five minutes. They they, they, they go kick in. it off. They kick it off with people are getting shot. This episode, I almost feel like we need to go put a warning at the top of this episode because we have not yet dipped into the depths <laughs> of how quote unquote mature. <laughs> we'll say mature. I it's it's an immature maturity of the show. But like in the first five minutes, yes, people are being—journalists are shot. Uh, people are burned alive. Uh-huh. People are are using the worst of the four-letter words. <laughs> Fuck. Dick. <laughs> and and so on. Right. So uh, just know, we're going to probably say those things, too. So fucking mask is off. I'm uh, a man uh, who cusses. Mom. Not safe for work over here, all right? No, I'm NSW. Uh, yeah, NSW. No, what is NSW. <laughs> Is that a a shoe place? Uh, DSW. DSW. So not even a thing, what I said. No. Got it. What we're trying to say is, Spawn, in all of its forms, and especially the cartoon, is always totally twisted, wicked, and fucking sick, bro. You can do it. There you go. Yeah. I Travis shook his face and did the silent. But it's it's worth it this time, I think. It deserves that. Yes. And Grim and Gritty are a total 90s, certainly in the comic books type of thing. That's what we were cranking out really starting in the 80s and then going on into the 90s. There was this kind of a hangover effect of every character has got to be brooding and and thinking about all the world's ills or their own suffering, but also killing and firing guns and and doing the most twisted fucking stuff, bro. (laughs) therefore spawn had to have come from one of the biggest comic book artists of the 1990s a fellow named was it god mcfarlane yes no todd <laughs> excuse me todd mcfarlane uh, Todd the god yeah and uh let's see it, uh, there was somebody that wanted to introduce him that asked if he could introduce him uh and i just threw the guy bomb
1: hi heroes i'm stan lee and uh, that's not your fault He's one of the most dazzling talents in the comic book business. Here he is, the one and only Todd McFarlane. Hey, Stan. Hiya, Todd. Hey, sounds just
0: like my mom. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you look about 12 years old. Thank I know you. you're a little older than that.
0: <laughs> but what about your early years? Stan Lee himself, the legend, introducing Todd McFarlane back in the year 1992 when Spawn was created and released. Uh, that is from... The Comic Book Greats, a series of videos where Stan Lee interviewed a number of artists, proving that he absolutely should have had a late night television Uh show.
2: I love... (laughs) We're. Gonna, I got a little surprise for you later okay. on in the show, Travis. Can you imagine that uh, Stan Lee with uh, whoever his Ed McMahon would have been? I'm he's his sure. own Ed McMahon. Oh, he's he, he,
0: <laughs> he would request that he would demand that he gets to do two takes of every show okay. and they'll edit together him reacting yeah, one to One with own. him on the couch and yep. one with. Okay. Exactly right. Exactly right. Todd McFarlane. A comic book superstar, Uh a force of nature in the comic book (laughs) and and the 90s comic book scene, certainly. Yeah. A Canadian-born man who loves hockey. He loves baseball. He loves his family. He loves his wife very much. uh, Also named Wanda. Uh, Yep. He started drawing at an early age, discovered comic books when he was a teenager, and just started pounding away at the industry. He just started kicking in doors. Uh And by that, I mean sending out many, many, many examples of his art to any company that would look at them, Marvel and DC included, and just forced his way in. Finally broke through. There's no Uh, other way to put it. Like He (laughs) just kept submitting art to these places until finally... I, it's probably just as how it would go back in the day. Some artists couldn't make their deadline. Hey, remember that kid yeah, in Saskatchewan guy who or whatever? Nine
2: hundred copies a, a weekend. Yeah, he'll do it fine, yep. and we don't have to pay him very much. Yep. But that's how you get in. Uh
0: huh. He got it in the industry, and within a pretty short amount of time, he went from the guy who's basically trying to pick the lock at the back of the store yep. to the guy that is running the store because he was selling so many comics for Marvel. They gave him his own Spider-Man comic to write and draw. This is something he just manifested. We talk about people manifesting Uh, things. Yeah. Like that's... He he had a dream board. He he must have. (laughs) He had a dream board. He is like, as a kid who was reading comics in the 90s, I liked some of his art, but then eventually like everybody turned on him and some of the other artists that were of his ilk at the time as kind of like, you know, these extreme artists. (laughs) And I had this idea of who he is, but watching some of the stuff that we've watched about him... I really like him because he just is who he is. Hungry. He's hungry for it. He wants to make things. He wants them to be good. He wants to leave a legacy. He just wants to make the thing good and for people to like it and to sell and to make money off of it. Mm -hmm. There's nothing wrong with any of that. (laughs) And it's like maybe that's not the magic background you want to hear from someone who creates your favorite Spider-Man stories. But that is why those companies exist in the first place. Marvel doesn't make Marvel movies to warm your heart. Yeah, <laughs> they make him to warm up that bank account, baby. Ooh, baby, the thing is, Todd and some other artists at Marvel who were pulling similar numbers, they got tired of not getting a bigger slice of the pie. Yep, because if you're writing and you're drawing and people are showing up, maybe just to see the art that you're doing, not even they don't even care what the the character is. Maybe you think you deserve a little bit more. Yeah. They felt they did, and they left the building and right. said, "Hey, we're starting our own company." Image Comics, it's an umbrella for each of these artists, Todd McFarlane included, to have their own little comic studios. Yep. And,
2: and each artist would just own, they'd own their comic, or whatever art they create. It's just theirs.
0: And it remains his to this day. It's still in publication. Uh-huh. It's over 300 issues going strong. And that's a big deal to put something out for it's that big long. Time. It's yeah. a lot, man. That's a lot of story. That's a lot of issues sold. I mean, it doesn't sell in the millions. I mean, when it came out in 92, it sold 1.7 million copies. Wow. There were a few things going on. There was a zeitgeist that, or there are a couple of zeitgeists, <laughs> if you can believe it. One is just that Todd is a, a kid at heart he seems to just get what a again teenage boy would think is cool. Yeah. I I did delve into rereading some of the very first Spawn comics myself. Okay. There's a character named the Violator that we'll <laughs> that we'll get to here, but he is just ripping out hearts for an entire issue of this comic. Like seriously like <laughs> 20 hearts. And you just see them, he's just like throwing them away like banana peels. It, it's just Pez, huh? Yeah, just pulls them out, throws it away. Doesn't yeah. even want to look at it or eat it or anything. And you just see it over and over <laughs> and over. The one thing that I, I do remember this from reading it back in the day, and I saw it again when I reread, uh, that you got you to gotta know. Firstly, Al Simmons is a black man. Yes. So this is a one of the few prominent black superheroes that mm-hmm. we have. When he is brought back as Spawn in the comics, there comes a point where he tries to turn himself back into his human self because he looks like a charbroiled mess of a man. Yeah,
2: Yeah.
0: When he manages to use some of his necroplasm power to do that, he accidentally turns into a white man for a while. I don't know why that's a I feel like that's just like an improv choice of like what would be the craziest thing that Uh could happen next. Uh What what more could happen to this guy? Uh, thankfully, he doesn't stay like that. But that's that's the kind of wackiness that was going on in Spawn and in Image Comics. Like these guys could just do anything they wanted because it was just it was uncorporate. It was just, just
2: just flexing.
0: That's Zeitgeist number one. Yes. Zeitgeist number two was the short-lived comic boom in the '90s, where everybody thought that comic books were going to sell for a lot of money because older comics that were historically important, like the first appearance of Superman, Batman, Spider Man comics that were at that point 30, 50 years old, uh, they sold for a lot of money. So people thought all comics would eventually sell for a lot of money. So many comics, especially these image comics that were all new number ones would end up selling a lot. So they bought a ton of them. So Spawn's number one issue, 1.7 million copies, I'm sure was also interest in Todd, but it was probably helped by this. The problem is they don't, turn into money. No. They don't just magically turn into money overnight or even in 10 years. And Uh so there's a lot of these comics out there that are never sold. Right. They're not worth (laughs) shit. You're not going to send your kids to college on... X-Men number 502. But your just, wall will look cool. Seriously, I mean, keep them. They're cool pieces <laughs> of art. But it is a thing that ended up, there was this boom, and then there was an implosion, and comics had a really dark time in the 90s, and that was going to hit Image as well as Marvel and DC, mm-hmm. and therefore it was going to hit Spawn as well. Todd and Spawn managed to survive, not through a deal with the devil. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but... Through Todd's, I won't say impeccable, but resilient business sense.
1: Early on, I kind of set four pillars. I felt that if I could get into all four of those places, that I would have four pillars or foundations that I could then potentially build a big house on, and it would, it would be fairly stable. Like, wh- wh- where's the public? And I set down toys. I set down electronics, which is video games, movies,
0: and television. Television. The television. We'll get to the movie, but the television, <laughs> the, the Travis, yep. the telly. That's what we're here to talk about today. The television aspect here. Todd wanted to put Spawn on television. How are you going to do that? Well, probably an animation. <laughs> uh huh. Well, who's going to put on an animation of Spawn? Not Disney.
2: Uh, when you're when you're killing child molesters.
0: Yeah. Who are you going to reach for? There was a little uh, mom and pop shop. TV production. Uh, it was a channel. Somehow they got their own channel called Home Box Office. HBO, baby. Hey, hey baby. Hey, it's Bill, baby. Hey, come this hey. way. Yeah. It's Bill, baby. <laughs> HBO enters the ring. It's 1997, yeah. 96, I guess, when they are developing this show. HBO has now given us so many incredible TV shows. Yeah. I love Sopranos. Mm -hmm. I love The Wire, Kirby Enthusiasm, Barry, John Oliver's show, True Blood. You and I are both True Blood fans. All day. Honestly, the people who made True Blood would make an excellent Spawn show. Hell yeah! Like that's the perfect heightening trash. It's like take the trash (laughs) and then like like put a necklace on it. Uh That's what you want. (laughs) That's what you want from them. But HBO likes to pretend that life for them began with The Sopranos Uh and not with things like real sex and taxicab confessions and some weird Delta Burke sitcom about sports that went on for God knows how long. (laughs) They weren't always as classy and prestige as they present now. Right. In 97, when Spawn came out, they did have some good programming going on. They had the Tenacious D television show. Mm-hmm. They had the Larry Sanders show, which I love. Shout out. Yep. Mr. Show, my very favorite sketch show, was mm-hmm. going on. And they had Oz. Oz started that year. <laughs> Hell yeah. This is basically a soap opera with prison rape. Yep. <laughs> and it's it's such a formula. I really enjoyed the show. It's a show about people in an experimental prison that should have been shut down after the first episode. Yep. Nothing goes right in this place. <laughs> Oz (laughs) was kind of the predecessor to The Sopranos as far as their hour-long dramas went, but it didn't quite meet that, in my opinion. But it was a lot of fun. It was very trashy. It was Uh, very trashy. uh It was very pulpy. Every week you just chew on some more who killed who, who's who's frankly who's raping who, who's who's
2: got a razor blade on on their tongue or under it. (laughs) Yes, who's
0: throwing who's. (laughs) One of the characters grows his fingernails out like Wolverine and uses them to kill someone who's been picking on him. Okay, that's what we're dealing with here on Oz. Okay, so that's where that's where HBO is at at the time. Yeah. HBO really only has live action programming. They see that between The Simpsons and MTV that there is a market for adult cartoons. Yep. And they want in. They say, we got to get that. Uh Got to get those adults who like cartoons. (laughs) You know, those guys. Those guys. You know who they are. You know who they are. (laughs) Two of them are talking right now. So they created a sub studio, whatever you want to call it, HBO animated, and they knew that Todd was looking to make a Spawn cartoon and all he was getting was pitches from people who wanted to turn it into a Saturday morning cartoon, which I just cannot even fathom going to him with that pitch or thinking that that was going to work. I mean, how do you how do you clean this up? It's (laughs) in. He's he works for the devil. He killed people, and that's why he went to hell. Every part of his origin uh-huh. feeds into the next part to make him a person you cannot put on kids' television.
2: Yeah, Satan would have been changed to the to just a dark lord. Yeah, a, an evil magician, an <laughs> evil, evil magician. wizard. So what happened
0: is Al Simmons accidentally uh hit no can't even hit someone with your car <laughs> al simmons was a government helper of people uh-huh. and someone was jealous of him helping so they it threw him in some some acid yeah, and changed him that's right and then the magician the <laughs> uh-huh. magician Malbolgia said hey i'll give you powers to date your girlfriend again to date again. your girlfriend again uh-huh. okay and that's fun that's <laughs> he must have gotten something like that uh he didn't want it he knew uh, that uh. that wasn't going to work and so when hbo came a knock in I mean, that trailer was a rockin'. (laughs) I have a quote here from Catherine Winder, who was the vice president of HBO Animation. And perhaps more importantly, she was a producer on Aeon Flux, the MTV uh, liquid television classic I I revisited that for Spawn yeah, you tell me that. because there are people that were I mean producer and there's even some of the cast from Aeon Flux ended up on Spawn as well. That's the one where the fly gets caught in her eyelashes, right? Is that the <laughs> I mean that does happen in the <laughs> like the, intro, the title right? card, yes. <laughs> I've seen The Simpsons. Is that the one where they drive the baby drives with the mom in the car and they sit on the couch? <laughs> <laughs> I've seen Friends. Is that That's the one where they're in the fountain? <laughs> the fountain, right? <laughs> yeah, that's the one. We, we should probably, I don't know, we, we, if we can find a way to talk about this, I bet we could find a way to talk about Aon Flux someday. I'll say, man, it's a wild show. Uh-huh. Catherine Winder, producer of that and HBO Animation vice president said, HBO provides few boundaries in the creative process, but we want to ensure that adult themes will only be used sparingly when it is needed to build on a story. Story. (laughs) (laughs) Now, here's one from Todd. I wanted to ask one question. Can I say the word fuck? If they let me do that, there's 100 other things I could get away with too. So I don't think they were on the same page. (laughs) The one thing that was
1: sort of fun and kind of cool and a bit of a badge of honor, it was the first show that they ever had that had all the possible warnings that you could put on a TV show, and it was an animated show, right? And I forget what they were like, drug, sex, oh, violence, uh, oh. language, and something. <laughs> I think there was five. Basically, it was like
0: <laughs> this whole laundry list that came up. That's That sums it up, man. Uh-huh. That's where Todd was at. Try some new
2: ones. He probably created a, a new one in the cartoon world.
0: I think there should be a separate warning for the kind of animated breasts that were on display uh. in Spawn. <laughs> Because they were disturbing to me more than titillating. Uh. They are rough looking, man. I don't dig it. Not my speed. But it needed warnings. It needed the warnings. Yes. I heard the word cocksucker in there. That's that's graphic.
2: Yes. Yeah. And followed up with a, a lick my balls or lick oh, my yeah. Bu- yeah he yeah. goes into it. There's a lot. Of, yeah. As a thirteen year old, I'd have been like. Whoa, oh, whoa. I, Wait, never, I never heard that combination before. I might,
0: I might not even understand what I'm hearing.
2: Like, uh-huh. I need a fuck <laughs> at the top of that to, like,
0: understand. <laughs> like, oh, in it. Yeah. okay. So you got that. <laughs> we witness police brutality numerous times. Uh-huh. We witness kidnapping and child abuse. People are burned to death on screen. People are also exploded and arrive back on screen as limbless corpses with broken teeth. Their Ugh. teeth are broken even. That's the level of detail. <laughs> There's an attempted rape. Fully naked women are being shot and that shit sucks. I hate when they do stuff like that. I'm one, it makes you the the pervert for watching it. <laughs> Like, oh, yeah, you like this? What if we shot her, you fucking weirdo? Yeah, And that's like, you're the one that did this to me. And I didn't want them shot. Don't, don't. I mean, these are, these are not people. These are cartoons. But like, don't demean women and then just shoot them while they're naked. Like, where are the cartoon dongs? There are no cartoon dicks at all on this thing. And I feel like if if Todd really wanted to push the envelope. Yeah. Cartoon dick.
2: Uh Uh-huh. Just a CD at the top
0: of it. Yep. (laughs) CD. It was the era of CDs Uh of a different kind. (laughs) To put this thing together, they pulled from the best of the best in the industry. It's pretty well animated. There's some good music in there. It seems very professional. Yeah. Does not look like a filmation. (laughs) I would watch (laughs) filmation spawn. I'll tell you this. Um, I would watch Deeks spawn. I would watch spawn. Uh, Here's the thing. I would watch spawn in a train. I would watch spawn in the rain. Uh, Okay. Same I am. I will watch spawn. They pulled some of the cast, as we mentioned, but even the voice director from Aeon Flux. And they pulled artists and the composer from Batman, the animated series, which looked great. Mm. Sounded great. Yep. Tasted great. (laughs) Todd had a high opinion of it. His way of putting it was people have such a stereotype about animation. They immediately think cartoons and Disney. They're not used to seeing Silence of the Lambs, The Godfather and Seven all in one cartoon. But that's what they're getting. He's trying to prove a point, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, as far as things that you see on screen, uh-huh. yeah, I get what he's saying. Like this ain't this ain't Silence of the Lambs. Uh-huh. Okay, don't think you're getting that level of of filmmaking from Todd McFarlane's Spawn, the animated series. <laughs> On May 16th, 1997, around midnight, you would have snuck into the living room and turned on HBO to watch the debut of Todd McFarlane's Spawn. And then fading into the screen is, I don't know, a Dracula castle? <laughs> like a stone castle room live action. Uh huh. There's a man who's faced away from you drawing inking pages of a Spawn comic book. Black suit, blue tie, looking like a dime store godfather extra, (laughs) the man himself, Todd the God McFarlane, is here to introduce you to Spawn. And not just this episode either. Every fucking episode, he has something to say.
1: What would you do if at the moment of death, a voice from the darkness offered you the chance to live again? Have your answer? There's no time to think about it. Your heartbeat away from flatlining. Quick, what's the answer? I'm Todd McFarlane, and I created Spawn. I hope you'll consider the question I've just posed, because a man named Al Simmons didn't. When the question got popped on him, he signed like
0: some stupid rookie in blood. He does think he's introducing the Godfather of cartoons, but man, he's not a good host. Yeah, just right. Not a good, I like, I love Todd, and it's very funny <laughs> what he's doing. But it's not—I don't think it's meant to be funny. No, <laughs> no. And, not and this at is like—I mean, like they had Tales from the Crypt, right? Yeah. This is an HBO thing at the time. They had the Crypt Keeper who would introduce you to the stories that yeah, were coming yeah, yeah. up, but he has a funny way of talking. His voice is not at all commanding. <laughs> he, Todd, I don't mean to, you know, Todd, I'm sure you're listening right now. Todd, you can
2: draw like a motherfucker, okay?
0: Oh, man. I, it just, he couldn't have done better. Uh-huh. I, I, and I mean that in the best way. Like, he did exactly what. Todd
2: could do yeah, you're right when when he came around for the second episode I was like oh oh so this is gonna be a thing uh, as far as I know yeah we're in it
0: throughout the three seasons <laughs> I mean that's only six episodes a season so 18 times <laughs> I want to know like he's he's certainly committed to doing it he's trying I don't know if he's reading cue cards if he actually learned his lines he has just a sh- lot of shit to say Uh huh. Um, <laughs> yeah it doesn't add anything to the to the show <laughs> other than just a little bit of enjoyment I guess and now spawn so turn off your lights Todd finally finished just talking to you about the show and you're dropped into the world of Spawn, Todd McFarlane's Spawn. (laughs) And here we are at the most complicated cartoon that we've had to discuss. Yep. uh, Not only in all the shit we've covered so far, but in what happens in the cartoon and the fact that we watched six episodes of it. That's what we're discussing today. (laughs) Spawn returns from hell with amnesia, doesn't remember why he's back or what happened. Right. And that's just to set up explaining to us, the audience, what happened to him. That's the only reason that happens like that. There's no good reason to have it be that he comes back to life and now he has to learn what's going on, except we didn't get to see him die and come back to life and make the deal.
2: Right. Right. Okay. Yeah.
0: That's why that's there now. I, and I wouldn't complain about that. But there are so many visions of fire, of burning bodies, his naked wife. All of a sudden, yeah, like, right. guns being fired in front of the American flag, like just a montage of him, his internal struggle, his angst, and you see it once per episode at least. It becomes like the the He-Man transformation, oh yeah, <laughs> or the Thundercats hoe. Like that's this is that for this cartoon is him just seeing fire and going no, ah! 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 and you see these <laughs> random flashes for three minutes, and it does fill time and. Probably is just clips they already had on uh, hand anyway. Right? Yeah, reused. And I don't know how many times do you see your own charred zombie face before you get used to it. Oh man! Because he takes his mask off, right? And freaks out the first time. Uh, like if I shave, and that's really only going to happen on accident. I have a beard, <laughs> but if I accidentally shave it, it takes me a little over a week to be used to seeing myself in the mirror. Up until that point, it's like, a, Who, Who's here? Yeah, probably the same effect then, huh? So <laughs> yeah, you're right. It's just about, it should be about a week. About a week. He yep. can do this for a week and uh-huh. then. Now he's pushing (laughs) it. Right back at it. Well, he never adjusts. And so anytime he sees himself, he goes into one of these states. Anytime he sees fire, he goes into one of these states. It's not the the shining moment of the cartoon. I'll I'll say that. (laughs) Uh, But the actor portraying Spawn is never phoning it in. He is always selling every one of those montages, every line, no matter how silly, no matter what.
1: There are very few times you go, wow, we hit the top of the mountain and Keith David's voice it was perfect. I tell you I just adored doing Spawn. I would I would do it again anytime. It was a fantastic experience. Todd, let's uh let's do it again.
0: If you don't know who Keith David is, you've heard his voice. If you watched uh, Gargoyles on Disney, he was the main gargoyle. Amongst the gargoyles, he was uh-huh. the top, I believe. He was child's on the thing. John Carpenter's the thing. Uh-huh. He was also in They Live. He was on Community. He's a great screen presence, but his voice is just, if you need gravitas, he's the guy. <laughs> okay, there you go. He's the one you need. And he does a great job here. We, we were talking about uh-huh. the show the other day, yep. and I mean, and maybe this is uh, controversial. I don't know that I think he's a great fit for the character when he shit talks. <laughs> well, especially when he shit talks. <laughs> Keith David just automatically sounds so together and so classy that, yes, especially when he has to do some of the <laughs> shit talking, uh-huh. it just doesn't quite fit.
1: Back off before I permanently introduce your face to your colon. As far as I know, I'm already dead, which means I'm waiting for your sorry ass in the afterlife. Whatever wild hair you had up your ass about that place
2: is officially plucked.
0: These lines are great. I love them. I'm glad they're there. The, the one about I'll be waiting for your sorry ass in the afterlife. I dig that one. Uh-huh. That's really cool. Yeah. <laughs> that one and more specifically, the other two do smack of not something someone would say but something someone in their office trying to think of a badass line would write consider whatever wild hair you have up up your ass about this place consider it plucked that's i mean that's great i, I ain't complaining just saying here's the thing cuz usually the shit i have to say about these cartoons isn't it picky, right? Uh-huh. Now, I'm being unfair to children's programming. This ain't children's programming. This <laughs> is supposedly for mature adult people. And whoever watched it, regardless, that's the standard I'm going to hold it yeah, to. Yeah, and that rightfully so. Yes. I have every right. Yes. To be me. <laughs> Spawn does eventually remember why he's back. His wife, Wanda. So he goes... To visit her at their old house. But he can't do it in his costume. But he also can't go without his costume. Because he is a zombie. Made out of ground beef. Uh huh. So he puts on a trench coat. And beanie. That he must have gotten from the same Burlington Coat Factory. As the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Over his costume, <laughs> uh huh, yeah, yeah, you you stick out more. I would say honestly, if you just had the costume on, I'd be like, oh, well, look at that weirdo. But if it's someone who's like, it's like if if a dog was like trying to pass as a human <laughs> and just like had like a little hat and, and a, a bowler, thing on, yeah, and you're like, you're like, wait, that's a dog. Why you're drawing attention to the fact that you're trying to pass as human? That's worse. Now uh. I think you're up to something. <laughs> Can you imagine the the next door app comments about uh. Spawn and? <laughs> In this situation, <laughs> like I mean, people are already be, fucking assholes. Are already just like, there's a black man on our street. Be careful! But now there's a man in a black costume in uh-huh. a trench coat hiding behind in this animation the one tree in a field. And I think he has a gun. He's, he's, <laughs> he's got he, he either has a gun or at least a few chains uh-huh. that he is wielding right <laughs> guns now. With a Z. Yeah, like they would that thing would melt down with reactions. <laughs> well, there Spawn finds out that coming back. May not have been such a great idea. He sees that Wanda, his widow, is remarried to a guy named Terry. Terry Fucking Al Terry Simmons' best friend. And they have a child named Cyan. Mm. And not only that, Terry and Wanda, they have a healthy sex life.
2: Very healthy. That Spawn watches through. <laughs>
0: The bedroom window. He's not far. Away. Like he, he could reach out and touch them if he wanted to. He doesn't have to do that. He does. I mean, at one point he's just watching them fuck. <laughs> Maybe that's part of his whole. Like you know, I'm basically like punishing myself for being an asshole. I don't know. Like masochist. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, was he in like was he like this in life? Did he was he into this?
2: Or was he a peeping Tom?
0: Yeah. Was or is little he like little peeping spawn? A, well, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ding. Is he? Look, he's not the first black superhero. Okay. Is I'll he give you the, that. Thank you. Thank you. You and history are helping me out on that one. He may not be the first black superhero. Is he the first cuck superhero? He seems to be kind of in as much as he complains. Uh He doesn't stop him. I just want him to be recognized. I want Todd and Spawn to be recognized for the boundaries that they have pushed, the envelopes that they have torn through Uh for the rest of us. (laughs) Well, how did this shit happen? I'll tell you how. Five years have passed. Oh. Man. I don't know if it takes that long to process a hell spawn. <laughs> if if there's like a, a shipping delay on uh-huh. getting spawned from hell to earth. Right. because I, I mean to what to what end if, if it's Malbolgia that did this is like, oh, I know how to fuck with Al Simmons. I'll send him back five years later. Five year delay. Why why? Uh-huh. <laughs> why is it five years? But it's five years. And if it's nineteen ninety-seven, like it is the when the cartoon was made, he died in nineteen ninety-two. And it's a very different world that he's coming back to. Oh, yeah. He missed the OJ trial. He yeah. missed Grunge is Gone. Uh-huh. Uh, Korn, is their first album out, 97? Oh, yeah. Okay. their Their second album I mean, the, the, the culture is shifting, and it's like, that White House is about to get very sexy. If you're into, <laughs> into voyeuring, you're going to dig this. You're going to dig what we're about to get into. You're going to dig You're going to dig this. It's been five years. Yep. He finds out from a character that is called the Clown. You know, Batman has a clown. The Joker. Uh-huh. Spawn, he's got his own clown. Yeah. But he's like a a really gross clown, okay? Uh. <laughs> so even more twisted than the Joker, <laughs> if you can imagine it. This is a a short gentleman. Uh, I'm going to put him at 411. Yeah. About, yeah. Okay. And I'm going to say that Todd McFarlane owes Danny DeVito royalties on this character. Uh, for sure. Yeah. Because yeah. he he's a bald man. He's barely a clown. I mean, the, his face makeup only covers part of his face, and it's like... Uh, it looks like tribal paint, yeah, or something. like the ultimate,
2: It's like the ultimate warrior.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, this exactly that. <laughs> yes, um, and he's got the big goofy like my. I'm balding, but my hair on the sides of my head is just sticking straight out. Uh-huh, yeah. I mean, he really he on the DeVito side of things. Think about this: the Penguin in Batman Returns, and then Frank from Sunny in Philadelphia. Gross hedonistic. This character even carries a snub-nosed pistol uh-huh. like Frank does on yeah. Sunny. So, like this. I mean, he's not as as manic as Frank is, but just that, like, I'm going to be as shitty as I can be and love it. Uh-huh. That is where this guy is at. And uh, he's not a guy, though. He is from <laughs> hell. He's not a man. He's a man. He's a demon man.
1: What the hell do you want? Right to the point. I like that. I really do. Because it's not what the hell do I want? It's what does hell Want to do with you. You got to see your wife. I got to see Spawn. Baby's got back. You're about two seconds from
0: wearing that smile around your ass. Yeah, yeah. Kiss me first, all right? He is there to make sure that Spawn uses his powers and is corrupted morally, uh-huh. throughout the season. Yep. Basically, anytime there's a chance for violence, yes, do violence, get mad, and use your powers. Why use your powers? Because if you use your powers, your necroplasm gets used up, and then you go back to hell, and you can lead this army, and that's what he's wanting to happen. There's a thing in the cartoon, and it was in the comics too, and they never explained it in the cartoon. There keeps popping up a set of numbers, Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. And you, and you didn't know what this was, no. right? Okay, mm-hmm. you wouldn't. They really should have explained it, it's just a set of numbers like with the spawn logo right next to it, and it keeps counting down, but it's like nine 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 nine, and then later it's nine nine eight two. This is his necroplasm level every time he uses his powers, it goes down, but there's no system here uh-huh. like it's just one again, they don't tell you what this is in the cartoon, and two, like I don't need to know the exact number like it's a <laughs> gas gauge where he's at that's that's <laughs> a weird way to do it, and they do that in the comics, and it works. Okay, there, I guess, but I don't. I just feel like it's so unnecessary. Yeah, and, I had no idea. Like, <laughs> It's something that like uh, like an, like if you were particularly obsessive about. Well, technically, Spawn didn't use his powers. He whipped his chain, but he did it with his hand, so he didn't use any powers there. But it's just inviting somebody to really critique that and look at well, why did that use so much? Because it's just <laughs> popping up so randomly that you don't even you can't keep up with what's right. happening. What's the chart
2: here? Why, <laughs> and,
0: yeah, and what what should I feel when I see that? Because uh-huh. by the
2: end of season one, you don't know what that is. Right, you don't know what it is when, at all. When he flies, is that is that using necroplasm? I was, he's flying around. That's how he doesn't really walk. He, he I didn't see any necroplasm. He levitates. But,
0: I don't uh, yeah, I think that is using necroplasm. I think anything he does that's not just a man? Uh-huh. <laughs> necroplasm. That's what <laughs> fuels him. The clown, if he was just the clown all the time, would be a good enough character. He's fun. He's actually way better than he is in the movie. Sorry, John Leguizamo, not necessarily his he fault, tried, man. He he we'll get to that. Yeah. But he does have another side to him, and that's the demonic side. And that is the character you mentioned earlier, the violator. There's a character named the Violator, <laughs> who children were reading about in comics. There was a toy made of this character. You, you bought it, and then on the front of it, guess what it said? The Violator. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know he's not just violating his probation or traffic <laughs> laws. You know this has got to be something bad. Was just speeding. He's not just moving. Violations <laughs> are not his concern. <laughs> It sounds like like the the scariest vibrator or the scariest setting on a vibrator. I mean, uh, the violator. <laughs> the violator. That is just it implies so much and and like all we his form that he takes. He splits his skin open and this kind of lizardish eerie looking monster comes out and that's the violator. Almost like
2: the gozer dog. It is.
0: There is (laughs) a little bit of gozer there because it's the big red bug eyes. These three giant horns. It looks like all of its limbs are broken. Like (sighs) everything is just kind of disjointed and weird Uh and its jaw is unhinged. It's really effective. There are rules to follow. It's my task to make sure you do. Consider this a friendly
1: reminder. Get with the fucking
0: program. And you only see it Really once when he fights Spawn, <laughs> yeah. which is like he, he should he should just fight Spawn a bunch and get him to use all that necroplasm, <laughs> get him right on back to Hell's Army so he can lead him out there. I mean, if that's the goal. And that is the goal of Violator for this entire season. <laughs> and everything. Violator. Every, no, the Violator. <laughs> Have you tried the Violator? That's one of the arcs this season is Violator is trying to get Spawn back to hell through use of necroplasm powers. That's where Spawn's at. He hangs out in an alley. I guess he, he can't go rent a place. <laughs> he, no one's accepting him with his mask on. He's going to have to like show him an ID or something. Uh, he's trying not to use his powers to some extent, although he doesn't necessarily know why. That's where he's at as a status quo. And what interrupts that status quo all goes back to a man named Jason Wynn, who is a smooth operator. A G-man. Yep. Al's former boss, the very one that ordered him killed. <sighs> Cold as ice. <eyes>. Yep. Okay. <laughs> Enough said. This guy's on the phone and it's 1997. So he's on a landline all the time. Uh. He's chained to that desk. <laughs>
2: it's great. I mean, he has... There, there might have been a satellite phone yeah, right. floating around there, there somewhere. There could have been, but I yeah.
0: mean, that guy's... His arm's going to get tired uh, on that uh. thing. He's on the phone a lot. And luckily he has like the smoothest voice in the world he uh, He's voiced by an actor named John Rafter Lee. If you remember from Aeon Flux, she had an arch nemesis who was also her lover, who was, I mean, it was that kind of show.
2: Now, was this the fly or her eyelash? No, there were more
0: characters that they introduced once <laughs> oh. they expanded on it. Oh, yeah. oh gotcha. You gotcha. had to make it past the first point. <laughs> the guy, Trevor Goodchild, who was like the blonde guy uh-huh. that was always at odds with her. Same actor. There's a little bit of milk in the voice. Milk and honey.
1: We're in bed together, Senator. We have
0: been for quite a while. So relax, bend over, and enjoy it. He is always on the phone in front of an obscenely large window. Yes. Which is great. Again, I think that's great, but I also kind of feel like, what can you really like? Once the window is twice as tall as you are, yeah, what more are you seeing that you couldn't have seen in uh-huh. the first place? It's all for appearances. Is the wall still structurally sound? And he does a lot of the. I'm looking out the window. If someone actually comes to the office, he like moves to the window and looks out. This is something that if I, I've been thinking about more and more watching television, especially a lot of these comic book movies where bad guys do shit like this. <laughs> if somebody does that to you while they're, you're talking to them. Uh, if if you were talking to me right now and you started walking away to look out the window, I'd be, hey, what's out there? Is my car okay? Uh-huh. Like, why are you facing away from me while we have a conversation? And it's purely for show. It's uh-huh. it's to intimidate to maybe say, like, I don't even need to look at you. He's this kind of guy. But I think that you also can use it to just buy time to think of the cool things you're going to say. Yeah. Because if right? I just walk over the the window, I'm like, yeah, that is a shame. Shit. What do I say? <laughs> It's coming back to you, isn't it, <laughs> Mr. Simmons? That's what you need, and you got you can't let him see your face while uh-huh, you do that. Right. <laughs> this guy has got his fingers in in every pie under the rainbow. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I'll follow you on that one. <laughs> Thank you for the support. Including taking clandestine meetings with one Senator McMillan.
1: Gonna have your asses up on so many goddamn charge your great grandchildren to be answering subpoenas. I am a United States Senator. Now, you don't break into my hotel room and snatch me off a woman and you don't throw me in a freaking helicopter like a piece of meat and fly me to New York in the middle of the freaking night.
0: And when we were talking about how much time is spent talking about and and looking at and yeah, trying to protect secret people. files, right. yes, extorting people, <laughs> uh, that's where the, this that part of this comes in. He is extorting Senator McMillan for funding for political sway, I guess. There are times in this where I feel like I'm watching a Tom Clancy movie uh-huh. because he's blackmailing a senator into running for president. They're meeting on the docks yeah. or like flying in via helicopter. The dirt that Jason Wynn, we'll just call him Wynn a lot of the time, okay. has on Senator McMillan is a fella named Billy Kincaid. What a name. <sighs> what Sounds a like thing. a kid down the street. It does. But you don't want this kid on your street because uh-uh. he's the illegitimate son of the senator. Who also happens to be a sexually motivated serial killer who drives an ice cream truck around, loves swing music, and kills children. That's the villain of this cartoon. I'm one of the villains of this cartoon, and people are trying to keep him on the street. That's that's Todd. That's Todd. (laughs) What Todd's bringing you. So both Billy and his dad, Senator McMillan, are played by a man named Ronnie Cox. Who you may know as the lieutenant from the Beverly Hills Cop movies, you may know him as Dick Jones in RoboCop, who works underneath the old man okay, in RoboCop, yeah. basically the head bad guy. Yep, Coogan in Total Recall, the head bad guy, and the Tooth Fairy Killer on Dexter. Well, isn't that funny that he plays the Tooth Fairy Killer when he plays the ice cream Cruc- <laughs> truck? <laughs> uh, the ice cream truck, ice cream Scream truck. truck. Killer on the Spawn animated series. So he he cut his teeth on killing on uh-huh. Spawn. And then later they're like, hey, well, you did a great job on Spawn. We want you to kill as a tooth fairy man <laughs> on Dexter. Jason Wynn does not uh, do these things himself. He's on the phone. He makes the arrangements. Mostly, and this is, he does this way more than I would think he would as a government man. He mostly <laughs> employs the mob to carry out killings, uh, any wet works. He uses a mob boss named Tony Twist and his crew. Tony Twist, one, is a hilarious character. Uh-huh. He is like, he's, honestly, I feel bad for the guy. He, he is a very obese, sachmo voiced mob uh-huh. guy. Just like, I cannot understand him sometimes because his voice is so in the throat. Go straight to
1: the man, you know who I'm talking about? You prostrate yourself before him, understand? You're speaking for me on this, Castellano. You beg his forgiveness. Get on your knees, kiss his ass, his balls, whatever he needs for this to be all right. I understand. We got our tits and a fucking
2: ringer on this. But he's not a great boss. He stays banging. Oh, man. (laughs) Look. The machismo on this guy. If
0: Tony's on screen, uh-huh. 90% chance they're animated boobs on the screen. Yes. Every, every scene he's in, he's either in a limo being driven around and yelling at someone on a phone, or he's yelling at someone on the phone in his office at the strip club that he owns with two women in the background that are naked. Uh-huh. And, and, and then they get shot. Or like, they're in his bed. And that's where the majority of the boobs you see come from, and they are watermelon-shaped. They're too long. Uh-huh. Uh I'm I and I don't mean to body shame these cartoon women. I'm just saying I think someone designed them wrong. Uh-huh. They did wrong. <laughs> but Tony can't catch a the reason I feel bad for him is he can't catch a break. I don't know how he got roped into doing work for this weird, shadowy government man. Right. But everything he does for him ends up in shit. <laughs> yeah, and it, it fucks him up really bad. And like he he's thrown also because now there's this. Devil Man, who lives in the alleyway, Spawn, who's throwing a wrench into everything. It's like all he wants to do is be with his ladies, and I, that seems to be it. He uh-huh. just wants it all to take care of itself, and it doesn't. <laughs> Can't catch a break. Tony Twist stands out not only for his voice, and he was in the comic book series as well. He stands out mostly for the fact that he is named after a hockey player, and we both know Todd is a from, big yeah hockey he's fan. From Canada, he's that, a Canada that's man. Football buddy, the real Tony Twist, the hockey player found out about his name being used for this character in the cartoon and in the comics when some kids showed up at his mom's house with Spawn merchandise to be like, I guess, signed by him. Uh So then he went and watched the cartoon, the one that we watched. And his quote is this. I'm in pink thong underwear, smoking a cigar, ordering the kidnapping of a child while two women are naked on the couch, making love to each other. I obviously don't want any part of that. Even if I was a good guy, I wouldn't have participated. It's nothing I want to be affiliated with. I find it hilarious that he says two women making love to each other. Because <laughs> given that one of them is wearing like a leather cop hat and fishnets, and oh, the, yeah. I mean, and it's all making love, but I also they're just kind of fondling each other, to be yes. frank. <laughs> so he he took this to court. He is at first awarded $24 million, which is just a nuts amount of money. Yeah. Like, how much did you suffer? Really? Is that that bad? But that decision got reversed. Then they kept going back to court. They're trying to figure out what, who's in the wrong. I certainly didn't know who Tony Twist, the hockey player, was before. Not at all. Can you really say, I know Tony the Twist is a very specific name, but can you like, it's not copywritten. The guy's not a hockey player. If I had a a serial killer named Daryl Strawberry, is that a a, a suable offense? I don't know. I really don't know. Todd ended up settling for $5 million. And I think that that still seems high to me. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Uh-huh. I, I mean I understand this guy is like just genuinely offended by the content or whatever but I feel like that's just taking it out on somebody versus like actual anyway it's not my thing. <laughs> it's not my thing Tony and I don't want you to come after me on this but the 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 mobster that you're that's named after you I find very entertaining. Yeah. So, it seems like a lot of money.
2: I mean th- that stuff should be capped off somewhere like way less. <laughs> yeah.
0: Like uh 20 bucks. Yeah, 20 go. bucks every yeah. time I said your name. Uh-huh. <laughs> And the catalyst that starts us all off that pulls Spawn into this this fucking tangled web. I know this is complicated, so please, uh, yep. just, this, we're gonna set this loose here. <laughs> an informant that is aware that Billy Kincaid is the son of the senator and is a killer of children. Plus, will us say plus? Is going to sell this story to journalists. Meets the journalists in an alley. This alley happens to be the alley where Spawn and his homeless friends live. Wynn has dispatched Twist's men through Twist yep. <laughs> to kill the journalists and the informant. They do that but Spawn seeing this happen also kills Twist's men. I mean I, I, Wen is happy. Wynn's like hey great cool my shit's taken care of but Twist is mad you can't just let people get killed not, uh-huh. not hit back. So Twist wanting to know who killed his guys trying to take revenge hires a cybernetic killer. <laughs> And I just, having recently rewatched The Sopranos, I do love thinking of those guys hiring, uh, not even, he's not even Italian. Uh-huh. He's not even like in the he's family. He's made man. He, he's built like the juggernaut, but he has guns. His name is Overkill. And that's who he hires to just go kill whoever has killed his guys. Yep. Travis, I mentioned <laughs> that I had a little surprise for you. Okay, earlier. Yep. I'm going to try to make this expedient because it is, there is some visualness to it. <laughs> But you might be interested to know that Overkill obviously wasn't just created for the cartoon. He wasn't the comics. Wasn't just created for the comics. He has an earlier origin than that. You remember the show, The Comic Book Greats, with our buddy Stan Lee from earlier in this episode? Uh Uh-huh. Yep. Well, they had another episode in which Stan Lee challenged Todd McFarlane and another Image Comics creator, one of the worst artists to ever work in comic books, Rob Liefeld, to create a character based off a name that Stan thought would be a good character name.
1: It occurs to me it's the kind of name I think you guys could play with. The name is Overkill.
0: Overkill. (laughs) The character that they create here ultimately is the character in the comics and the one that we see hired by Tony Twist's mob (laughs) to get rid of Spawn in the cartoons. But the best thing about this, the reason I wanted you to to see this travis Uh is that stan is just running laps on these guys (laughs) dunking on them and i cannot tell i truly cannot tell if i think at some point todd picks up on it and todd pushes back a little bit but i can't tell where the animosity, how high or low the animosity Uh is how much these guys know that their hero probably one of their heroes stan lee is not taking them seriously
1: we'll try to explain our thinking on how we're coming across and why we're doing Overkill the you way it is. You can think
0: and draw at the hey. same time? Yeah, we've even talked. For the sake of our
1: unseen viewers, mm-hmm. is this really the type of thought process that you guys go through when you yes. create characters? Except, except for we have more than 20 minutes. <laughs> we is probably longer than you usually <laughs> we do think. Well, I think, City, I, I've got to say, seriously, I think it's very impressive that in a matter of 20 minutes you guys could come up with something like this. I mean, bad as it is, oh. it's still impressive that you were able to do it this quickly. Well, well the name that you gave us was pretty lame. So <laughs> Thanks, we did Steve. the best that we could do, bud. All right, since you don't like it, remember it's in my copyright. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's a cool logo. That Rob, really didn't you cool. promise that you would draw and we would do the talking? And <laughs> when sorry, you I'm grow sorry. up a little more, you okay. know, we'll <laughs> let you in there with the grown-ups.
2: Yeah. Well, my twelfth birthday is coming <laughs> oh, up
0: guys. Man, uh, awkward. It, that's the thing, is like I can't it, it's like watching late night when, when two celebrities or the host or whatever, they're digging at each other a little bit and it seems like it's a good fun, but then maybe it goes a little too far when one pushes uh-huh. the other one doesn't like the pushback. Uh, yeah. But I yeah, when he when he gets into the like, well, if you don't like it, then it's under my copyright. I start sweating a little bit. And then the way it talks to Rob Liefeld.
2: (laughs) Man, that is, that's funny.
0: And I mean, the the design that they did in that video is not exactly what you see over in, in the cartoon or even the comic where he ultimately appeared, but he is kind of a fun character. The guns have not been introduced yet as a thing that Spawn really has to worry about uh-huh. or or that he uses. He's right. just been spawned up to this point and then Overkill comes in and is busting through walls and setting everything on fire and th- he rips off one of the homeless guy's arms and writes it with the oh, arm yeah, like a magic yeah, marker yeah, yeah. on the wall like meet me at this time uh-huh. and I mean, and that's you know that's cool. <laughs> I guess <laughs> See, it seems unnecessary but he does it. <laughs> Uh, and Spawn is outgunned by the guy, literally. Tell me you're
1: not the guy who took out Tony's men. <clears throat> Tell me it's
0: somebody with some balls. He doesn't know that he shouldn't use his powers more. He just, I guess, doesn't know how or, or can't. Yeah. But Spawn's answer to how am I going to stop this giant assassin is to break into, I guess, a local top secret government facility. Uh-huh. Because it's, it's not far he fights off the army to steal some go- some goddamn guns,
2: <laughs> guns with a Z. He could have just gone
0: to the I mean, I know he needs some, some heavy firepower, but he could have gone to the pawn shop. He could have uh, gone to the uh, military the Walmart at that time. Yeah, exactly. There is a reason that this happens plot wise, but he uh-huh. does that. <laughs> he comes back. He turns overkill into scrap metal. Literally, scrap metal and a skull is all that's <laughs> left of the guy. All that shit happens off screen, too. It's like, why didn't you show me? Yeah. I, shoot him into oblivion. I kind of would have liked to see yes. that. the problem here, though, the the tie back into the plot. OK, those were weapons that Jason Wynn was moving. Jason Wynn has his own side thing where he's moving weapons to, I, I guess, enemies of state <laughs> secretly that he's <laughs> yeah, doing. That. He's trying to, yeah, yeah. yeah he's, he is funding terrorists or, or arming them at least. He stole those. And now Wen wants to know who's this guy that stole my shit. He doesn't know that that's his former employee, the guy that he had killed, Al Simmons. So now the game is afoot. We've got so much in play. Uh. And there's still more to go. <laughs> We're going to take a side street here for a second because there are characters that get introduced and either just don't play that much of a role or are just dropped and then left alone forever, probably until the second season. The characters that show up a lot, and then I realized at the end of the show, for how featured they are, they don't really make a difference. Mm -hmm. The two detectives... Sam Burke and Twitch Williams. Yeah. Sam and Twitch, who I like. And they were popular enough in the comics to get their own spinoff. Yeah. They end up investigating not only people that Spawn kills, that Tony just solving the
2: crime, right? Whenever the thing comes to a head. Yes. Yeah.
0: But them solving it doesn't. I mean, all of this was going to happen exactly as it happened, no matter what they did. Like, they have no effect on the plot.
2: Right. Just that they're kind of a fun duo to see. That, that runs parallel with the
0: story. Yeah. Right, Yeah. Because they see it. I don't, they have a very interesting relationship uh-huh. uh-huh uh I genuinely don't know and this is maybe a good like this is a feather in the cap of the actor uh-huh. genuinely don't know whether or not twitch Sam is the more dominant one twitch uh-huh. is the one that is his subordinate whether or not twitch actually respects Sam or not
2: <laughs> because yes. the way that twitch
0: twitch says everything uh-huh. his, his voice is in the droopy family Yay. Nope. nope but a lot the I can't find it today. <laughs> no, that, that's that's getting it's closer. <laughs> it is it is jolly. But would you like the most? That's yeah. I mean, this it. is not good. This is not how it sounds. Yeah, you You'll hit the, hear him. you hit drippy though. A little bit of jolly and a little little bit of that. I can't say words like uh-huh. that. I can
2: only do blah bu- blah. Bu- 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 Mason,
0: you mafia dirtbag piece of shit. Sir, I don't think the CSU
1: is going to appreciate you sprinkling donut crumbs onto the deceased.
0: Everything is dry and kind of sarcastic, Uh but it also seems like he genuinely like almost has a Smithers, Mr. Burns like dedication to the man, (laughs) you know, because he does everything he has for him. Guy sends him out for a snack and he's like, yeah, Uh I'll do it. Uh I'll fucking do it. (laughs) We have a character named Chapel who I want to touch on only for a particular scene. He's not in it very much, but Chapel is Al Simmons' former partner in the field that killed Al on the orders of Jason Wynn mm-hmm. And he is actually a character from a Liefeld comic, from Rob Liefeld's comic Youngblood. He usually has a skull painted on his face. I guess just lets your, your enemies know who they're dealing with.
2: Uh-huh. <laughs> All, all the cards on the table.
0: Yeah, he does not get really anything to do in this season. He keeps showing up as dealing with when when is sending him out to do things, but we don't really see what that, that is. But he has this scene where I guess he's, the, the idea of the character here is that when he is not out killing or doing something on the job, he doesn't know what to do with himself. He's hanging out in a strip club. So one of the few no Tony twist boob on display scenes. <sighs> some boobery he takes a lady back to his bedroom and there is a pretty graphic sex scene like we're talking doggy style lady facing the camera she's wearing some random hat that he Uh had on like it's it's not porn but it could have been on cinemax easy (laughs) if, if it was real um and while he's having sex with her he starts having like his own spawn style montage of flashbacks where he's thinking of shooting civilians overseas uh, huh. when he was deployed over there and and shooting Al for no reason. Al has not come up. Like uh. that's just he's just carrying around this guilt, I guess, and screams. I'm gonna think as he comes, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's I don't know, like this scene, this is an apex of like angst and, and maturity quote unquote here. Cause it's like, he's, he's banging. He's, he just left the strip club. Oh, but he's got depth to him and he feels uh. bad for what he's done, but he's just screaming. I'm so, like, does the woman turn around and say like, it's okay. It happens to everybody. Like, what's the, like, how does she take that? I'm sorry. It's the, it might, it's one of the craziest moments in a very crazy cartoon. I'm sorry. That's a
2: good side. You know what, though. guys?
0: You know what, guys? More of us need to be willing <laughs> to say this or scream it. <laughs> that guy. Forget uh-huh. about him. Yeah. We're not going about him anymore. Okay. One and done. There's a character named Cogliostro who, as far as you can tell at first, is just a very talkative member of the homeless community uh-huh. that Spawn is in. He has a long white beard, a uh, hat, weird eye, I think. He actually narrates the opening and ending of every Spawn episode. You've already gotten your Todd for the day. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a dual intro. It always feels weird. It's like you get an intro to a chapter in a book, and then there's like a foreword. Uh-huh. it's No, just get to the fucking cartoon, but Todd intros what, you. What if it was just Todd, Todd with a wig in the cartoon that was might a second well narration? Be, might as well be, be uh-huh. a hilarious voice performance, I'm going to tell you. This guy <laughs> starts off every episode basically giving you another setup of... Spawn's going to face this tonight, and also, what questions might we ask you philosophically? Will he choose this or this? (laughs) But he also is a character on the show, and then also finishes the episodes Uh like that, usually. (laughs) But he is a character on the show. There's a long tradition of this type of character in particularly like fantasy, sci-fi, genre stuff. And there's a way to write it that's less frustrating, but this is... Such a frustrating character. Uh For starters, we don't know in the show why he has any of the knowledge he has. Because it ends up he he has things to offer Spawn. And that's okay that we don't know. But I imagine it's even more frustrating not knowing and then him behaving how he does. Uh Which is that he tells Spawn, you're doing it wrong. Then anytime Spawn says... How should I be doing it? I mean, this is paraphrasing. He says, you should find out for yourself. What you should really be worried about is another thing. Well, how do I worry about that thing? You'll find out. I will fucking kill you. He doesn't
2: answer a question
0: (laughs) with anything.
2: What am I into here?
1: What do you think? I think it's insane. Am I dead or am I alive? What am I? You're going to have to trust yourself for the answers. Stop tap dancing around the issue and spit it out. You've still got a choice. What kind of choice? If I told you, it wouldn't matter. How am I supposed to
0: find out? How indeed? What? Like, (laughs) what? I have to question, I mean, because it's clearly a writing thing. You want to plant the seed of like, oh, there's more to this story than you imagined. There's a man out there who has a secret. Uh But then to bring that in and have him interact with the character and not give the secret yet, you have to just keep stretching it out and stretching it out. And what, what benefit to this man would there be to do that? And the, and the other character, this is the one that is just dropped in, never interacts with Spawn or anyone else from the show, a character named Angela.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Uh-huh.
0: Exactly. Why would you immediately know who I'm talking about? Cuz she doesn't show up until episode 4 and is in two scenes that she doesn't interact with anyone we know. Yeah. And then doesn't appear
2: again. Seems like I thought it was going to thought she was going to take off. Well, she will, I'm sure in season 2. Yeah. Yeah, coming soon. Uh-huh. <laughs> but
0: she is a bounty hunter from heaven that hunts hell spawns and is a badass. Uh-huh. The first scene she shows up in, she is cat called in the most aggressive Man. way. I mean, it's... Violated. It's, I was violated. Sh- they should have called this guy on the street the violator. <laughs> hey, sweetie, didn't I see you in a magazine? Got a boyfriend,
1: Beaver Treat? Somebody to lick away your day?
0: Beaver treats? I can do
1: that for you, baby. Uh,
0: These are two random guys... Well, there's one talking, but there's two random guys on the street. Beaver Treat? Uh-huh. Beaver Treat. Yep. I never heard that one. Me is either. that is Is that how he offers oral sex, or is that... <laughs> It sounds like a party favor. He so these two guys are are doing this to her, uh-huh. and she says yes and leads them into the alleyway. Now, something to keep in mind is that one of these guys, the one doing all the talking, visibly grabs his bulge, uh-huh. like he has something going on down there, yeah. and does that, and also does the, you know, the oral sex, blah, 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 yeah. you know, v around the like. It's 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 very graphic. <laughs> then she says, "Yeah, follow me into the alley." Obviously, she's gonna beat the shit out of him, mm-hmm. and she does, and it's great. But she pulls her skirt up a little bit. That entices
2: them. To come shake it, yeah. Yeah, uh-huh. and then
0: she just kicks them into oblivion, <laughs> including bringing her high heel down on the, again, very visible bulge in his pants. Like, that was, was rough to see, man.
2: Very visceral, man. Yeah, it was.
0: It was. <laughs> and it's funny because this is what happens when you let the 13-year-old brain do the driving. Right. There's a certain amount of that. I'm glad that. I'm glad that she gets to... They get their comeuppance from uh-huh. her, but we find out that she is a bounty hunter for heaven. Usually, <laughs> <laughs> a real badass one. She goes to—I guess
2: I don't—I don't understand. An office has to answer yes. to a boss. <laughs> she
0: asks. She goes to like someone who is like a like a, a temp agency uh-huh. like boss. Basically, the person who hands out the bounties. She goes to this woman.
2: Why wasn't I called about the Hellspawn? You've had me deliberately taken out of the loop.
0: Angela, really? I've taken out the last two health spawns,
2: and I want this
1: one.
0: All you got to know is that there's a bounty hunter for heaven out there. Her name's Angela. She'll stomp a dick if she has to, Uh and she won't be back until season two. (laughs) Except you need to know one more thing. Okay. Angela was voiced by an actor named Denise Poirier. Poirier? I don't know how to pronounce it. It's a a Frenchie. P-O-I-R-I-E-R. Who is, in fact, the voice of Aeon Flux herself. They got Aeon Flux. They, they flew Aeon <laughs> Flux in to voice a character <laughs> who showed up for one second because she was a popular character. She mm-hmm. got her own comic, all that. I just wanted to do, to let everyone know that because she deserves the credit. She has a great voice. Her, her eyelashes, the fly, they all deserve credit. <laughs> But she is a popular character. That's probably why they wanted someone specifically, a bigger name or a a proven name
2: for that. a household name.
0: Now, clear all of those players off the board. Mm -hmm. That was just a little palate cleanser (laughs) because they aren't going to come into the rest of this. Things really start to heat up when Wanda spawns Widow. Turns out she's a lawyer. She's going to do some pro bono work for an alleged child killer and abuser named Kyle Watson. That's not Billy Kincaid. No, it's Kyle Watson. Those are different names. She goes and visits this guy in jail. She has evidence that doesn't make sense. And she has a, on this cartoon, she has a conversation with an alleged child killer about pills that make him impotent that they call castrators. Uh huh. That's a conversation you and I had to listen to and watch. I watched it twice. <laughs> According to his medical records, the pills are castrators. They keep him impotent. I can't diddle myself no more or nothing. I'm a good boy. Things are starting to unravel. Wanda gets a P.I. and they start working at chipping away. What's really going on here? Is there a cover up? Who is framing Kyle Watson? They get Kyle Watson freed. They don't know who did it yet, but they're starting to turn heads. The heads of Jason Wynn and Senator McMillan. So Wynn's got to act fast. He gets Tony Twist to send his men (laughs) to kidnap Wanda's daughter, Cyan. To send Wanda a message Uh is the idea, (laughs) I I assume. But here's another twist for you.
2: (laughs) Mr. Twist. And
0: I don't mean Tony.
2: Yeah, watch it. We don't have that much money. Yeah, exactly.
0: The clown, the violator, but Uh the clown, Uh is already a step ahead of
2: them. Yep.
0: He's going to (laughs) send Billy Kincaid... To kidnap Cyan himself yeah. to push Spawn over to, the to edge. Re- re-kidnap. Yeah, he yeah, because they kid, Tony's guys kidnap Cyan, uh-huh. but then Billy shows up and takes out these guys. Yeah. Like he's
2: a government
0: operative. But he's just a fat guy in uh-huh. a nice truck. Yeah, ice I'm talking truck. like
2: a butter knife to the eye. Well, that's he that's super, serial killer strength. Yeah. Right. So the clown
0: wants him to get Cyan, not just because he's a sadist. But because he knows if Billy hurts this girl, then Spawn will go ape shit bananas and kill this guy and use his powers. And it's not like he would have to use all of his powers to kill a human. It's that it would push him over the edge of like, there's no coming back from this. Uh There's this darkness in the world and I'm out here to destroy it and I'll kill people who get in my way. He'll
2: be running the army
0: by by 8 a.m. tomorrow morning. uh, Yeah, exactly. Uh (laughs) Um, But that's, what a wild plan. I mean, that on its own would have made some sense, but it's both of these bad guys are thinking about this one woman's daughter who is not even related to Al Simmons' spawn. Right. is wild. But (laughs) I'll tell you what else is wild. An ice cream truck police chase, which is what we get. <laughs> Spawn is on top of this truck, uh-huh. trying to hold on. Billy's running cape off flowing. with the girl. Yeah, cape flowing. Yeah. But Spawn is faced with—I mean, it, it's a no—it's a no-brainer here. Who's going to win? Hell, Spawn versus guy with butter knife, uh-huh. as good as he is with uh-huh. it. Spawn is faced with the choice: Do I kill Billy Kincaid or not? Right. And it really—it—it it reminded me of. True Detective, an HBO show a lot, because you've got this character in Billy Kincaid who lives in a weird house lights candles (laughs) everywhere swing music has like a whole thing that he's going to do and he's killing and hurting and and, and abusing kids and it's being hidden by his senator relative his his dad and that's all being covered up and in true detective that is exactly what's happening you have that last episode where you face this guy in his weird place and he's been hidden because he's related to someone in power and so again i think hbo has really just been pulling from spawn Uh for the past you know 30 (laughs) years now or 25 years now it's wild (laughs) Uh Spawn is faced with this choice, kill Billy or don't, and he doesn't. He also doesn't do anything else. He just walks away from the guy. Uh-huh. Like, that's the funny choice to me is I guess the police are there, so you can just leave him to that, but it's it's such an, a passive choice of, I just won't kill you, and I'm taking Cyan, and I'm getting out of here. Yep. And then the clown, pissed off about that, just shoots Billy in the face uh-huh. and puts him out of his misery because his plans are fucked. Yep. Spawn does save Cyan, and he's very sweet with her. Yeah, gives her the ring. Okay, that's this is the thing that I think is selfish of of Spawn. Oh, h- yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. He, his wife does. Wanda doesn't know that he's back. Wanda and Terry, his former best friend, don't know how he feels about him at this point. Sure, like watching him have sex. Seems like <laughs>
2: he'll do it again.
0: Yeah, <laughs> he will. <laughs> he, he will, will strike again. again. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Spawn's a cup, man. I, I just imagine him getting arrested for it in his trench coat oh and beanie and gosh. saying, I will do this again. You can arrest me, but I will do this again. <laughs> that's basically the end of season one, <laughs> which means that that's where our discussion of the movie Spawn picks up. Begins because it came out in August of 1997 between the first and second seasons yep. of Todd McFarlane's Spawn on HBO. The connective tissue here is a writer and showrunner. Alan B. McElroy. He wrote and show ran Spawn, and he wrote the screenplay for the movie Spawn, which are pretty different beasts. Uh, One I enjoyed Uh (laughs) overall, and one I did not enjoy. One made my girlfriend leave the room and not come back for the rest of the night. I can't blame her. You really were a a trooper for (laughs) sticking through it. So was I. You know, I can't believe I watched it and fell asleep and then watched it again Uh because I fell asleep. I shouldn't have even given it that... (laughs) <laughs> that kind of attention. But the this guy, Alan B. McElroy, he wrote Halloween 4, the movie Halloween 4, which Ugh. is not like the best one, but he wrote that one. After he, 3, right? It was right after 3. Before 5? F- <laughs> yes. Uh, Wikipedia says yes. Okay. He also wrote Left Behind, the movie adaption of the Christian book series starring Kirk Cameron. What? When the rapture comes. And takes people and those that are left behind. Uh-huh. Yes, he wrote the screenplay for that. That's big business. And now it's funny because I'm thinking of that, and I'm like, oh, well, that's kind of on the spectrum. That and horror movies. You combine those, you do kind of have Spawn in a oh. way. <laughs> Just as like there's biblical shit, minus there's Kirk. Halloween. Yeah, minus, yeah. Don't get he wouldn't show up. Yeah, don't bring Kirk yeah. into it. Well, anymore. he would never. Uh, he would never kiss a, uh, an actress that wasn't his wife in the first place. So oh, really? <laughs> I believe that's true. <laughs> so Alan McElroy. Before all this, he had written a screenplay, and here's how he puts it, about a guy who escapes from hell and the devil sends three badass bounty hunters after him. The tone was on point for what New Line wanted for Spawn, the movie. Uh Absolutely it is. Or at least what they would have liked to have shot for. Uh, And so that got him into writing the movie and the TV show, which is quite a windfall for him. This summer,
1: evil has a new enemy. Justice has a new weapon. And the world...
0: As a new hero. Spawn. Spawn the movie. We both saw it in the theater, yes? When it was new. Yes. Watching it again, I couldn't believe that it had made it to a theater. Uh huh. And that not only that, that I had paid American money to <laughs> access it in a theater. Uh-huh. Like, movies like this just don't get made anymore and they don't make it to the theater if someone makes them they this, go on youtube this is yeah
2: or direct to whatever yeah, they
0: didn't even do direct to- <laughs> i don't even know i mean like those walmart bins for like 5 for 5 oh, not, yeah. those are going to run when out you're
2: like i've never even seen this title before yes, what is this it's one of those it's it is truly not good i mean it is what it is it's it, i had some fun uh-huh uh, i'm like wow martin sheen looks pretty young actually it's weird how young
0: he looks in the <laughs> 90s you know i'm thinking this guy he's out of their price range, isn't he? Uh-huh. Maybe that's why it looks so bad is that they had to pay for him and John Leguizamo as the clown. But like, yeah, he he manages to be not good in this even. Like he's playing Jason Wynn, He is just a, a mustache twirling bad guy. Tried and true, through and through. <laughs> just a bad guy. Not the smooth operator that he is in the cartoon. Uh-huh. What a waste of a good actor this guy is. <laughs> the things that got me, when it starts off, the credits come on and they are too evil to be legible because uh. the the font is like all these swirls and they're at a weird angle and like a, it just looks so it's so demonic
2: that it's hard to read. Some things are backwards, like
0: corn. Yes, <laughs> yes. it's and things fly in and jitter and like then the disappear. But they end up doing like right after that this VO. Over a background of fire and church imagery, and it reminds me of like like how Buffy's intro was back uh-huh, in the day, yep, or, like, yep. or a bad Fox like demonic sightings in history kind of show, <laughs> or now like just a YouTube documentary. They all look like this, uh-huh. you know, and that's that's how they open up. and They just tell you about Spawn exists, Hell Malbolgia. All I mean, they just kind of lay it out enough for you. Uh-huh. If the graphics were better, if the effects were better, it wouldn't make it a good movie it would just make it palatable i don't know one or the other has to be improved on for this to be palatable but the computer stuff that they do looks like virtual reality a lot it's of the das. time <laughs> yeah yeah it's look you could hear the deafening sound of a thousand dell computers trying to generate all of these things the fans were just working overtime it's it's like cuz and it's just so clearly digital like it's uh-huh. and it should be it's 97 it's not a high budget film uh-huh. but it's really bad. All the spawn characters in hell. Well, oh man! Well, so the yeah, the worst thing is like I mean that's the part that looks like virtual reality. Oh, when they go into hell. Yeah. the whole thing, it's like we hadn't started to do this virtual set type of thing yet. So like Spawn is in hell. He's the only real thing there. Everything else is computer generated. It looks like Dactyl Nightmare and Malbolgia. <laughs> there is there, Malbolgia <laughs> is there. And he looks like a boss from a Sega Saturn game. Uh-huh. Like, so Ma Bulge didn't show up in the cartoon <laughs> yet, but he just looks like a, like a big bellied white devil with long hair. Damn that's, sock! He, yeah, that's damn it. dirty sock. And the fire. I mean, oh man, it's just so bad. Like, even when Spawn crashes through this window into a ballroom, his cape is just all over the place. Uh-huh. So it's supposed to be alive, right? It's not. A, it's not really there. And it's like you might as well have just drawn in every frame. Over it would have looked better to do that. <laughs> Than what they ended up with, it's really bad, man. Um, Michael Jai White plays Spawn uh-huh. and Al Simmons. He's not bad. No, I, I just don't. There's no character, and honestly, this is a problem in the cartoon too. What is his character as a person that was alive Uh. and isn't now? Like I don't know what he's like Uh other than what he did for a job, but he's a martial artist guy. I mean, I know he's an actor too, but like he he's known for his martial arts. Correct. Yeah. And you definitely want to hire a martial artist because Spawn is known for sweet spin kicks, Uh. right? (laughs) (laughs) Roundhouse specialist. He's doing. Every he's doing so much stuff that is not Spawn stuff. It's hilarious. I, I don't know if all of it was to save money, but yeah, you have Spawn just doing like roundhouse kicks. Uh, he's way too physical. He gets into fist fights. He's firing. I mean, the guns. That's part of it. Uh-huh. But like, he's doing yep. a lot of gun shooting. He flips off a balcony with dual submachine uh-huh. guns. Yep. Like, yeah. <laughs> he rides a motorcycle. For God's sake, Spawn should not be on a motorcycle. And I understand why they didn't use the cape more. Like most of the time, the cape uh-huh. isn't even on the character. They would have to animate it all the yeah, time. It $100,000. Like but he does just look weird just being a guy in a Venom suit, essentially. Uh-huh. And then they pulled this trick that Marvel used a lot later, which is for some reason, you just never wear your mask uh-huh. except for certain moments. Because that's what they do with Iron Man. Like anytime Iron Man has a conversation with somebody, his faceplate goes up automatically because they're like, well, we paid for Robert Downey Jr. We should let his face <laughs> be on screen but they they were already doing that. and he is in prosthetics most uh-huh, of the time. Yep. and he looks like he's halfway into turning into a ninja turtle. Like it's not a bad <laughs> it's not a bad look. It's just uh-huh. like it is a it's a funny thing to have to see all the time because uh-huh. he rarely wears the
2: mask, yeah, the ma- the mask comes on maybe maybe three times. Yeah, in the movie.
0: It, it's why it feels between that and the cape, which again, I understand why. <laughs> But, like, it, it makes it feel less and less like Spawn. Uh-huh. Like, they took names and co- general concepts from Spawn and then, like, grafted them onto a espionage movie. Because uh. that that's, a lot of this is espionage. So much of this is about there is a virus that Jason Wynn is going to release in the world to conquer the world because he's working with the clown. Yep. The clown. Uh-huh. The violator. And then Spawn will have to go back to hell and leave and, conquered the earth. I don't know. I mean, it's, you've got two very well-regarded actors, one in a clown costume and they do a good job of making him look very short. I I don't think he's a tall guy like Uh Ozama, but like he does look four eleven. He at the party. Yeah. And and again, I I don't know if DeVito just didn't call back, if his agent (laughs) couldn't be reached. I mean, he would have been the obvious choice. Martin Sheen and John Leguizamo are having to interact as an evil government man and a clown from hell talking about releasing a virus to destroy the planet. In the shadows. In the shadows, <laughs> yes. And and Leguizamo smoking a cigar. I mean, I don't think those two ever thought they would be doing that. And uh, uh. they did, though. They sure did. So Leguizamo is playing the clown and... He is good at playing annoying characters, but he's annoying in a way that you don't want to watch on screen because a lot of the time he's just he's annoying, not just Spawn. He's annoying anyone who's around and including you, the viewer. <laughs> and it's really I don't I don't know if the mask had been out yet. I don't remember when the mask was released. Yeah,
2: I feel, I feel like that was in 1994.
0: It feels like he's playing the character basically like an evil version of the mask with fart jokes, uh-huh. like kind of like a, a cartoon character come to life, way more animated than at least the version we got in the cartoon, which was way subdued. I mean, the comics, he's just kind of like talking, and then he turns into the monster.
2: Yeah, that's it. Uh-huh. And now
0: it's like, I guess because it's like with Zama, they're like, oh, these jokes are just gonna cut through. None of they're them. They're gonna hit. None are gonna them land. <laughs> I think the only time I laughed is that he had CGI fart clouds come out of his butt. Yep, and <laughs> those are just funny to me. <laughs> you got So you yeah. got me. Yeah, you uh-huh. got me. <laughs> You got me with that one. <laughs> Good on you. Oh man. I mean, it's so bad. It is. Todd, I don't know if you liked what you saw or not, but you know, I do think it made its money back. I think it did it decent. Doubled. It doubled, doubled its money. Yep, okay. it doubled it. I was gonna say I don't think it was unsuccessful, but you know, you you sent me something about how they're making another one. And, like, Todd's been threatening us with another Spawn movie and another Spawn cartoon since 1997. And it hasn't happened. I'm not saying it's not going to happen, but I will not think that there is another Spawn anything on the way until the actual trailer is released. Oh, yeah. And and stills from the film have been, you know, have made it to... Verified, yeah. To the internet, yeah. (laughs) I think Todd wants that. I just think he has other things. One One day, day, yeah. We, we,
2: We might not be here, but one day, though.
0: Well, and that's something to keep in mind with Todd is that he... It, it, there was an intro to the Spawn collection that I was reading, the comic book thing. He's talking about Disney. He's talking about Mickey Mouse. And, and this is true of a lot of these superheroes. <laughs> of He said, I wanted to create something that would outlast me, a legacy that would go beyond just my life. Just the same that Mickey Mouse will pretty much be around forever. And the same way that Spider-Man, I mean, Stan Lee has passed. Uh, Steve Ditko, his co-creator has passed. I mean, all those characters are going to live on forever. Yep. And I mean, Spawn... I don't hold him in as high a regard as some of those characters, but I will not be surprised if Spawn hits number 600. Maybe Todd will be around for that. I don't know. But I I hope that it keeps going, because I love when something (laughs) builds and builds and builds into its own insular little weird world, because you know whatever's going on in the Spawn comics today, you got to have been following it for 30 years to know. (laughs) And it is 30 years. It's 30 years this year, 1992. That's crazy. Isn't it? So, Todd, Todd the God... (laughs) rain down on rain us rain down on us keep bringing bringing the necroplasm I mean you got me interested in Spawn again so thank you for that and your legacy lives on uh huh yeah and hey you know what uh, season two maybe we'll watch it sometime right yeah it's our, it's our next podcast a little fun <laughs> next episode all of season two thank all of you for joining us today here on the Days Past Tunecast talking about hell breasts guns The necessities, the bare (laughs) necessities, in one case, the literally bare necessities of life. If you would like to join the legions of hell or to be sent back to Earth after you went to hell, why don't you just get on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen, give us a five star review and write us a written review. It helps us pop up in front of people's faces. And uh, ain't
2: nothing devilish about that. Uh, As always, our Twitter and Instagram at DP And listen, dptunecast.com is our website. We don't have cartoon boobs there, but we have all of our podcasts.
0: I have been talking to our tech about where we're at with the cartoon boobs. Okay, cool. Okay, that's coming though. That is the licensing issue that we will be resolving. (laughs) Uh, The code's there. He promises me the code is there. (laughs) The algorithm's working. Seems like he'd been working on it for a while, Uh actually, but pretty deep code on that one. (laughs) Travis, now has come the time. Yeah. And we haven't done this before, and this is going to be so fun. There's going to be a reveal right here, right now. You and I are are rotating, choosing the cartoon that we'll be talking about on these episodes. I chose Spawn for this episode as a follow-up to My Little Pony. And now it's time for you to reveal your pick for next episode's cartoon.
2: Lay it on me. Will, for this round of cartoonery, we're going to fall into The Highlander, the animated series. Oh,
1: my God. We've
2: been dancing around it for a minute. (laughs)
0: I mean, this is another one where we got. I'm. I've not seen the movie, so I have to see the movie now. I know you haven't seen any of them. I'm. Well, no, and I've. I know about the other ones. I know
2: that there's problems. B- buckle and Buttercup. Yeah,
0: yeah. I'll at least watch the first one. Uh-huh. Uh huh. We, we keep getting <laughs> assignments from ourselves of like. I guess I got to watch 14 <laughs> movies
2: in the USA series. Oh my God, that ran series. For 18
0: years. Well, you know that I'll watch at least an episode of that just to know where we're at because I. I think the cartoon is in that continuity. Who, I think I so mean, who too. Fucking cares, but, I think so too. Oh man. I <laughs> I <Ay, ay, carumba. laughs> All right, we'll, we'll, so we'll shall see you all it in be. 5 weeks. Uh, so shall it be. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh When DPTC returns Highlander. Uh-huh. The animated series and until then, Tutor my dooder. Tutor my dooder. There are these little synchronicities, too, of like, well, we were both in this. We were both in this. Yeah, cohorts. Yeah. Yeah. Cohorts. (laughs) We we, we hoarded together. We both cohorted. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Cohortitated. I was hoarding alone until the cohort came. We decided to cohort, (laughs) split it up a little bit. The hoarding business was getting too, too much.